This podcast contains adult themes and language, and some of the things that we discuss may be disturbing to some listeners. In this podcast, we discuss sexual assault, torture, race, and murder. Listener discretion is advised. Please take care of yourself. Let's get into the early life of Kendra LeVar Lyles. Wait a minute. What you got, Minnie? <laughs> well, <laughs> we could find nothing. Nothing. We, we found nothing. We found yes. nothing about Lyles' early life or really anything about him, except yeah. that he worked for a while as a dishwasher at the University of Texas at Dallas. That's, well, that's all we know. So that's little That's all we know. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into the timeline, shall we? Splish okay. splash. Go, go. So 22-year-old Malaysia Booker, a trans woman who lived in Dallas, was a fierce advocate against trans violence. She's been described by her friends and family as a nurturer who took care of her community and loved to make people laugh. She was energetic and loved and a great friend and mother to her quote-unquote children and making sure they were fed and had a safe place to sleep. And they, quote, stayed looking gorgeous, unquote. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> it is so sweet. Just a quick thing about um, Welcome to Culture Corner with Wendy and Beth. In the LGBTQ plus community, there are chosen families, which I, I'm not sure is a term everybody understands. People who find each other and accept and love each other with shared experiences. And in that unit, that family unit, Individuals may take on roles like father, mother, or sister, not necessarily based on like biology or right. legal stuff, but rather the bonds of love and support. Yeah. You know, sometimes uh, LGBTQ plus youth are rejected from their- Their biological family. Or family of yeah. origin. Yeah. Exactly. And so chosen families are really mm -hmm. important for important. the survival yeah. of, the, yeah, of absolutely. the community. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. A month before her murder on April 12, 2019, Malaysia made national news when a video showing her being beaten by several men as a crowd of onlookers laughed and cheered on her attackers went viral. That first attack happened after Malaysia was involved in a minor fender bender in her South Dallas apartment complex, bumping into another car as she was backing out to leave. The other driver blocked Malaysia's car. Oh my God, that's terrifying. Holding mm -hmm. her at gunpoint and refusing to let her leave until she gave him money to pay for the damage to his car. Mm. Yikes. Yeah, that is terrifying. As the two argued, a crowd gathered and someone pulled out a cell phone and began recording the confrontation. Mm. Nobody called police. Nobody yeah. called an ambulance. Someone allegedly offered a 29-year-old man named Edward Thomas $200 to beat up Malaysia. Mm. Oh. I vaguely remember the video i'm trying I, not to I watch remember the video uh, it, it was horrible harmed. yeah but her attackers were black men weren't mm -hmm. they i think so yeah. yeah and so you know we talked about toxic masculinity at the top of the episode and that is uh an issue within you know the black community as well but um thomas offered to beat up malaysia and the crowd closed in around laughing and jeering and shouting transphobic and homophobic slurs as Thomas assaulted this young woman. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Mm, so awful. Then other men joined in. 
punching and kicking and stomping Malaysia as she lay huddled on the ground. By the time several women stepped in to stop the attack, and it took women yeah. to step in to stop the attack yeah. and help Malaysia to safety, she had suffered a concussion, fractured wrists, and numerous other injuries. That's so upsetting. I just, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I hate these kinds of things. It's, uh, and it, I, I don't understand the, the, I guess, the fear that I guess it takes um, for, I mean, Anger is a... It's a secondary these kinds of emotion. I think it's fear. fear. Right. So they're well, afraid. Think, yeah. So, But I don't understand what they're afraid of. Because it's like what no, they one's don't making, a- no one's right. making you be any different. Right. right. You know, it, it, it's just well, frustrating to me. There's an activist yeah. that I follow on Instagram. His name is Alok. And there is... It's A-L-O-K, a transgender nonconforming person. But follow Alok on um, Instagram. Anyway, Alok does all of these speaking engagements, and Alok's perspective is that it is a fear of what might be in them. Like, the toxic masculinity suppressed those emotions of caring, etc., and nurturing, and that that they're afraid of just being in the vicinity of that, I I think. So It makes them feel... Yeah, that. And again, it's really if we're, hard if to not, if we, understand if you, you know, I don't get it. I'm not a toxic. I don't, yeah. I don't get it either. I don't get it. I don't get it either. So, so uh, someone uploaded this video to social media and it quickly gained national attention and put a spotlight on the epidemic of violence against the transgender community, especially trans women of color. Thomas was arrested and charged with aggravated assault. During his trial, Thomas's lawyer, Andrew Wilkerson, repeatedly misgendered and mm. deadnamed Malaysia in an effort to make the altercation seem like mutual combat Ugh. between two men. Fuck oh, out of wow. here. He argued that Malaysia was at fault oh. and he downplayed her injuries as scratches. Oh wow. my God. What Yikes. a piece of basura. <laughs> For Put sure. that guy through the same thing and ask him if he thinks it scratches now. Yeah, no yeah. shit. Seriously. Yeah. Thomas eventually pleaded guilty to a reduced misdemeanor charge. He was sentenced to 300 days in jail, including time served. That's it? That's it. That's it. Oh, my God. The weeks of her life after the assault were difficult for Malaysia, and she became withdrawn. But speaking at a rally after the beating, Malaysia told supporters, quote, this time I can stand before you, whereas in other scenarios, we are at a memorial, unquote. That's really, that's sad to hear that part with mm-hmm. what happens mm-hmm. after. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? Or just a horrible accident. 
That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. On Saturday, May 18th, 2019, at about 6.40 a.m., the body of a Black woman was found laying face down in the 7200 block of Valley Glen Drive. At about 3 p.m. the following day, police issued a statement identifying that woman as Malaysia Booker. Malaysia was the fourth transgender woman, all of them Black, to be murdered in 2019. But unlike the earlier murders, her murder immediately garnered national headlines because Malaysia had already been the focus of national headlines. Suspicion immediately focused on Thomas, but he had an airtight alibi and was quickly ruled out as a suspect in her murder. Funeral services for Malaysia Booker were held Tuesday, May 28th at Cathedral of Hope in Dallas, which is said to have the biggest LGBTQ congregation in the world. That's wonderful. Yeah. The funeral drew an overflow crowd that included local and state elected officials. Oh, because it was election season. So they didn't really care. You know, around (laughs) election season, the politicians, I I can't tell you how many politicians I've met at church Mm -hmm. because they just show up at black churches during election season. Anyway, at least one local news station broadcast the services live from the church. Several speakers at the memorial service focused on the challenges Malaysia faced as a transgender woman and the challenges faced by others in the LGBTQ community. Pastor Stephanie Martin said, quote, She was a young woman whose life was cut short by hatred, unquote. Her mother, Stephanie Houston, said the April attack on Malaysia wasn't the first. Quote, Malaysia had many fights. Malaysia didn't start trouble, but she would finish it. Mm. She just always had to defend, 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 unquote. Mm. Standing at the altar next to a blue coffin adorned with flowers, Stephanie said, quote, she was beautiful. She was so beautiful, unquote. Mm. And she was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time of Malaysia's funeral, the number of trans women murdered in 2019 had risen to seven. Again, all black trans women. And I believe we've talked about it on Extra Extra. Uh, yeah. Four days after her funeral, 26-year-old black trans woman Chanal Lindsay's body was found in White Rock Lake. Ugh. Chanal Lindsay was from Dallas and was known for her vibrant personality and love of fashion and doing hair. She was determined to live her truth and follow her dreams. Dallas police began considering the possibility that Malaysia's and Chanal's murders could be connected and also connected with a non-fatal knife attack earlier in April on a black trans woman in Dallas, and with several other murders of trans women in Dallas over the previous several years. Police redoubled their efforts. Good. LGBTQ liaison Amber Roman met with Abounding Prosperity, Inc., an organization that had stepped in to help Malaysia after her April assault, and they contacted Dallas Voice, pleading for anyone with information to step forward. On May 22, 2019, at about 9.30 p.m., police responded to the reports of a shooting at the Chatham Court Apartments on McCallum Boulevard. There they found Leticia Grant, a 35-year-old Black woman, lying on the ground in the parking lot outside of the apartments, suffering from a gunshot wound to the head. Wow. Mm -hmm. She was transported to an area hospital for treatment. 
Police said that Lyles had been in communication with Leticia shortly before her death and that his cell phone pinged in the area where she was found. On May 24, 2019, Leticia died as a result of her injuries. Unfortunately, we could not find any information about Leticia Grant or her life before it was taken. A little more than 24 hours after Leticia's shooting, 29-year-old Kenneth Sichaki was shot in the AutoZone parking lot just around the corner. Kenneth was called Chad by his friends and family. He had a twin brother named James, and growing up, the two were inseparable. Chad earned his Associates of Applied Science in Drafting and Design Technology at ITT Tech, graduating with honors. Described as kind-hearted, caring, and loving, he enjoyed working on crafts and learning new things. He also loved spending time with his niece, Madison, and hanging out with his twin. A witness told detectives that on the night Chad was killed, she had been at a nearby laundromat when Lyles came in and started talking to her. They then got into her car and drove to the auto zone. After the witness parked, Lyles got out of the car to use the restroom. Moments later, Chad Sachaki leaned into the driver's side window and the witness, quote, almost immediately heard a gunshot, unquote. The witness, who later told police she didn't know why Chad had come up to the car, then drove away. Facebook messages showed that Chad had been in communication with Lyles about the sale of Xanax. At 10.09 p.m., Chad sent a message saying that he was in the AutoZone parking lot. In six minutes later, he was found with a gunshot wound to his neck. Chad died six days later. That's nuts. I mean, these two people were killed one after the other, one day after the other, and seemingly for no reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, that's illuminating, though, that it was over the sale of Xanax. I guess Xanax, we, we yeah. didn't We didn't know anything about Lyle, um, but maybe he had a substance issue. I don't yeah. know. But- well, for sure, he if he was looking for Xanax, he was looking for drugs. So, right. yeah, probably. Yeah. Let's get into the investigation and the arrest. Well, Lyle's was later picked up in Collin County on some unrelated traffic violations. He was being held under a $1,000 bond on a warrant for driving without a valid driver's license and without insurance. When witnesses came forward and identified him as the person who murdered Leticia Grant. This information was verified through phone records of communications between Leticia and Lyles at the time of her death. Lyles was then arrested in connection to the murders of Leticia Grant and Kenneth Chad Sachaki. During the investigation into these murders, detectives realized that Lyles drove the same type of car, a light-colored Lincoln LS, believed to have picked up Malaysia Booker near the intersection of Spring and Legau the night she was killed. A witness told investigators that Lyles frequented the area to meet up with transgender sex workers, and that Malaysia had gotten into a vehicle matching the description of Lyles about three hours before her body was found. Investigators then began to analyze data from Lyles' cell phone. That analysis showed that Lyles often frequented the Spring Avenue, Legau Street area, and that he was in that area at the time that Malaysia was picked up. Investigators also found that Lyles and Malaysia's phones were traveling together around the time she was killed, and that he likely had her phone in his possession for a time after her murder. Mm. Mm. That's very serial killer behavior. To yes, it is. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> On uh, June 12th, Dallas police announced the arrest of Lyles, 34, for the murder of Malaysia Booker. Investigators said Lyles was also a person of interest in the murder of Chinal Lindsay, the black trans woman whose body was found in White Rock Lake 
on June 1st. Investigators believe that Lyles was also possibly connected to the death of Armani Dante Morgan, a Black trans woman whose July 2017 death was initially thought to be a suicide, but was then ruled unexplained. Her family has insisted that it was murder. What? That's wild. Yeah. A man named Ruben Alvarado was eventually tried and convicted for China's murder. Armani's death remains unsolved. All right, it's trial time. So Lyles was charged with three counts of murder. In November of 2023, as jury selection was set to begin in his trial when Lyles, who was now 37, entered a guilty plea to the murder of Malaysia Booker. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait a minute. Ah, I don't have law and order on here. Yeah, there's your law and order dun, dun. sound. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Family members and friends submitted victim impact statements. Jordan Ford, a close friend of Malaysia's, spoke about Malaysia's role as a mentor within the LGBTQ plus community and her commitment to raising awareness of the violence transgender people continue to face. Jordan said that Malaysia, quote, refused to be silenced in adversity, unquote, and that she inspired many with her unwavering determination. Lyles was sentenced to 48 years in prison. Malaysia's mother, Stephanie Houston, said, quote, no amount of time can bring Malaysia back. And although we wish the sentence was capital punishment, our family can finally have some sense of closure, knowing that justice was served and he can't cause any more families hurt or pain, unquote. Lyle still faced charges for the murders of Leticia Grant and Kenneth Sachaki, but we could find no information about that. So I don't know if they are ever going to bring it to trial or if they brought it to trial. I couldn't find anything about it. It might okay. be one of those things that, you know, he's already not getting out of jail, so they yeah, don't want to dedicate like, resources to yeah, that. Oh, just good point. stick it in their you back know. pocket. But, still, but if yeah. the fruities out there know. Yeah. Yeah. If the fruities out there know, let us know. Yes. Yeah, let us know. Get at us. Um, so now let's get into where are they now? Tell us, Minnie. Well, Lyles is currently incarcerated in Texas at the <laughs> uh, George Beto Unit, a men's maximum security prison located in unincorporated Anderson County. He will be eligible for parole in 2044. Malaysia's mom started the Malaysia Booker Foundation in her memory. Ahmad Ghori, the president and board chair, said the circumstances leading up to Malaysia's murder, including the viral video of Malaysia being so violently assaulted, brought into reality for many people the violence and danger that Black transgender women face daily. The video, Malaysia's brutal death, and the ever-rising toll of death and violence against trans women that followed in their wake, made this murder a national story when so many others have faded into the background. All right, let's get into what we think made Lyle snap and our takeaways from this case. So unfortunately, not knowing anything about Lyle's early life, we can only speculate about what might have made him snap. Yeah, that's true. It seemed like he often solicited trans sex workers. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I mean, if he often solicited trans sex workers, then... You know, he identified with them, and then when he identified with them, he didn't like that he identified with right. them, and then oh, right, yeah. like yeah. like denial. The, the yeah. traditional it's, serial killers who hate their moms, and then yeah. they kill. You know, like Ted right. Bundy uh, yeah. had yeah. hated his yeah. mom and killed yeah. a bunch of women. 
um, in we we've talked in about effigy before, or whatever. Right? Yeah, they're yeah. killing the thing mm-hmm. that they hate inside of them. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Whoa. So he was definitely conflicted. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I'm not an expert. I'm not a medical professional. No, so. no, no, no. We're yeah. just three <laughs> cis, two straight, one queer ladies on a microphone. What do we know? Yeah, <laughs> tell us what our, you know. <laughs> that'll be our next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know anything. <laughs> uh, speaking of things I don't know. Um, I don't know why our society is so unaccepting of anyone who is different. Mm-hmm. And yeah. especially now in this political climate, it's really bad. And it's disgusting and sad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it just feels like people should know better, right? Yeah. And we 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 know that everybody's liberation is good for everybody, right? And yes. I yeah. just don't understand. It just seems like bullheadedness to not accept it, you know? Like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. Um, I mean, I yeah. know people... I'm always amazed by p- people who reform themselves, oh, right? Yeah. Or, or who can yeah. change their views. Or people who who share their stories about, my child came out as trans. And at first, I didn't know what to do or how to, you know, react. But, you know... And then they become they, like a, an ally become, and, and uh, Yeah, an somebody. ally, an advocate, a lo- yeah, an advocate. A, a, a lover of of uh, a mother, you know. I mean, just the, there's there is a way to get there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. some people are so bullheaded that they just yeah. refuse. And it it's I don't get it. But yeah, I was just gonna say I know people who uh, just don't believe in psychology, <laughs> and they don't. Isn't it insane? Yeah, that's like not believing in space. You yeah. can't yeah, not like, believe in space. What else do they believe? The world is flat. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And all of the things that we've learned over the years and, like, how toxic masculinity is is bad for everybody. And uh, Mm -hmm. they just refuse to accept that. Yeah. 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 So um, I don't know why he killed uh, Leticia Grant and Chad Sachaki. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, those people. Yeah, It may have been that once he killed Malaysia... Uh, maybe it was nothing to kill other people, oh, or, mm, or maybe he yeah. even got a kick out of it. I don't oh, know. yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah. I I agree with you. I was just gonna say that the the issue of violence against trans people of color continues. Yeah, and you know, I think there are many factors that could contribute to the violence that we talked about already. But you know, if trans people are turned away from their birth families and they mm-hmm. have limited access to healthcare and employment and housing and then they have to turn to survival work or sex work and because society is rejecting them or they're not mm-hmm. safe they have to go into this unsafe environment to right. survive and that sucks yeah yeah and uh transgender people of color's existence It should not be a threat. (laughs) No, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's really fucked up. I want to take a moment to tell you about my podcast, Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage. 
1984, a woman named Phyllis Cottle was abducted in broad daylight, tortured, and left to die in a burning car in Akron, Ohio. At the time, I was a rookie reporter covering this horrific story. Since then, I've reported every kind of crime imaginable. I've been able to leave most of them at work, but not this one. The one that buried itself under my skin and stayed put. Phyllis Cottle was a badass woman, and I want to tell you her story. A production of Evergreen Podcasts and signature title of the Killer Podcast Network, you can find Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage wherever you get your podcasts. Discover more great true crime and paranormal programming at KillerPodcast.com. From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal. Minnie, any additional thoughts? Yeah. Well, just what you were just saying kind of made me think about a few things. You know, it used to be long. So I've been watching this show lately called Harlots. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I hadn't watched it before, so it's new to me. Mm -hmm. But it's essentially, you know, back in the 1700s, if a woman didn't follow the traditional path of mm-hmm. getting married to whoever they were told to get married to at whatever age they were told to do it, basically. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if they were taken advantage of or even raped or something like that, it's like once you're quote unquote spoiled, then their only way to survive, you know, they, they were kicked out. They were kicked mm-hmm. out. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't have a place to live. Mm-hmm. And the only way that they could survive was on the street and doing sex work, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, kind of similar, you know, mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. just to reject a person for uh, not being traditional. Yeah. And uh, just, yeah, it's like denying them a place to live and food because they are not traditional. Yeah. It's just when you break it down to simple terms like that, it's just insanity, you know? Yeah. yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. This one thing we've we've been talking about while uh, Beth has been visiting is that there is an increasing problem with people not having access to housing, both here in Edmonton and down in Phoenix. And the populations of people who don't have access to housing are are growing. Yeah. And uh, part of that population, you know, people who do have housing and and are living traditional lives Mm -hmm. often just kind of gloss it over with, oh, you know, it, it's it's their fault, you know, something they yes. did, whatever, you know, and, yeah. and they, they don't want to accept that this is something that could happen to anyone, really, yeah. if they're rejected by society. And mm. uh, so a lot of the people, or if they, you know, even uh, missing one payment of rent because the cost of housing right now is so insane. Are you, are, yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's that, one one disaster away yeah, from one, house yeah. business. And, yeah, and then you, you've got to come up with first and last month's rent and security uh-huh. deposit. And mm-hmm. at the rents uh, that they are right now, like if you're working in minimum wage, mm-hmm. how, how do you even do that? It's so right. there's, you know, just to the, the, the populations and then people being 
kicked out of their houses because they're transgender. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, I, I think I remember, I don't know, a few months ago, I was talking about this, this book, uh, my Ishmael that I was reading. Oh, and yeah. essentially the, the idea is that, you know, food, water, shelter, these all should be basic human rights. You know, mm-hmm. it shouldn't, it shouldn't be the case that we can deny people food and shelter and, um, water, you know, and, and be okay with it. Right. Yeah. Right. It, this should not be a part of society that we yeah. can, you know, lock up food and deny it to people. People should right. be able to just have food <laughs> and, and, pu- and punish and yes. punish for yes. um, trying to meet those needs. Yes, exactly. When, you, when so, you're lacking. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I rambled on for a while. Oh I my don't, God. Yeah. Yeah. This discussion <laughs> wins the discussion award. <laughs> I loved this. Um, let us know what you guys think, listeners. And again, I just want to remind people that, you know, we, uh, if, if during this episode, if we said anything, um, that, you know, is not cool or in line with allyship and respect, let us know. Um, because we don't want to, we don't want to cause harm. We're trying our best to be good allies. This is our desire is to be good allies. Yeah. And, um, if, if we've made some mistakes, we would love to hear about it so that we can make a correction. Yes. Help us be better. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thanks y'all. Because when you know better, you do better. That's right. (laughs) The more you know. (laughs) Beth, where can the people find us? Our website is fruitloopspod.com and we use Fruit Loops Pod for all of our social media. This is a weekly podcast and new episodes drop every Thursday. So until next time, look alive, y'all. It's crazy out there. I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, (laughs) but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast, Ain't It Scary, with Sean and Carrie. Every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. (laughs) You can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts, and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence and give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.